0: Okay, hello and welcome to End Credits here on CFRU 93.3 FM, CFRU.ca, Guelph Campus and Community Radio. I'm your host, Adam A. Donaldson. Joining me today is... Peter Wesley Salmon. Peter coming to us live from, from, the, capital. from the capital region, uh. um, where it is looking a lot like Christmas. We made this joke on last week's show, but it looks even more like Christmas. As yeah, we're we got it.
1: True winter going on up here. I think we hit about ten centimeters, whereas you only about six. I think in Guelph, so no big deal. But it is uh, a defeat. You were defeated.
0: Uh, I guess that depends on your point of view. If you operate a snowplow business, you uh, you would rather be in Ottawa than Guelph today. But um, if you have to shovel your own driveway, maybe Guelph wins. Yeah, that's fair.
1: I'm a condo man, so I don't got to worry about no shoveling.
0: (laughs) he's a condo man (laughs) Um,
1: uh,
0: what a way to start the show end credits as a local movie show for local movie fans we're here every Wednesday at 3pm to talk the latest in pop culture and snow shoveling tips as well as reviewing the newest movies which this week will be the new holiday legacy sequel a Christmas story Christmas which you can now stream on Crave frankly I've been calling it in my head a Christmas story story which I think would have been the more obvious uh title, but uh, hey, I don't name these things, I just watch them. Uh, For the first half of the show, though, we are not going to talk about Christmas, um, but we're going to talk about potentially the best movies of the year. So as we're sitting here recording, we have about, uh, well, this is the fourth show from when we kind of get into our usual holiday shows. So we are going to have our Christmas movie music special on the 21st, which uh, is the last show before Christmas. And then the next week, which is our last show before the new year, we are going to, we're going to do our usual top five where everybody comes on the show and talks about their top five movies of the year. So with that in mind, we are going to dedicate this show to me and Peter choosing three movies that we are that we have on our list that are must-sees before we make our top five lists so that we can make sure our top five lists are as uh factual and complete as humanly possible. Right? Absolutely. Okay. Any comments before we start the list? Any general Well, no, I'm comments? ready to I'm ready to get going with these. I uh
1: I thought it was uh we were doing five a list of five, so I gotta cut out two. <laughs> That's what, but yeah, I know I'm ready. All right, I, uh, I, I think for me, the last quarter of the year is always the best, so it's I'm gonna have to pump through. Okay, see, uh, see
0: on. <laughs> maybe we'll try and make some time uh before going to break for like honorable mentions, and because I do have a couple of honorable mentions on my own. Um, so why don't you kick us off with your uh number one?
1: Okay, so number one for me, and uh, it's played, I live right next to the Bytown Cinema, it's played there so much i still haven't seen it i'm, I'm a failure uh <laughs> but the one i really need to see before the end of this year is marcel the with shoes on oh yes uh mockumentary i guess live action a bit of stop motion there but uh it just seems like uh my kind of film mockumentaries are my go-to and i love jenny slate i honestly i thought jenny slate was just career-wise, done, you know? But then mm-hmm. uh, this year, this popped out. Amazing. She's remarkable in it. And uh, it turns out she was just been spending the last, you know, like, 10 years working on it. So
0: mm-hmm. it's just
1: always enjoyable, too, for something that's been going on for for 10-plus years to turn out well and successful. I, I feel good for the director, and it just makes it seem like such a accomplishment and even more of a true, real impressive work. Yeah. Um, Mm-hmm. and uh I'm also excited for just I I I was wondering what like all these people were doing and they're just getting ready <laughs> for this I love isabella Isabella Rosalini she'll mm-hmm. be in it mm-hmm. and uh, uh flipping uh Nathan fielder from uh Nathan for you uh and the rehearsal is gonna be in it I'm excited to see what kind of uh role he plays he's Marcel's brother so yeah I think he'll be in it a good amount um, uh... and just no, is it a disappointing amount? Either way, just to be in <laughs> a pinch, I'll be fine. Is there at least a good amount of uh, Rosalini?
0: Oh yeah, no, okay. it's okay. Um, That's good
1: then. That's all uh, I need. Yeah, no, uh,
0: Rosalini plays Marcel's grandmother, and uh, who is also a shell. And uh, yeah, it, it's uh, it, it's a, it's a kind of a three-hander in that regard. Uh, it's Marcel, the grandmother, and I can't remember the director's name who's also the guy making the documentary and the film um
1: yes that's yeah. another reason i wanted to uh go and see it he's an art tour and i like supporting that sort of thing he's the director he's in it story written everything so yeah. <laughs> i'll uh i'll just honestly even if i don't like the film
0: i'll feel good having supported old dean Flesher camp so De- thank you dean Flesher. yeah no um i don't think you will leave this feeling bad no, no, it really does seem
1: like my
0: uh, my jam. It's, so. it's a feel-good it's a movie, and when I saw it to review it on episode 259, which was back in August with Tim, um, I went on a Saturday night uh, to the bookshelf, and there were kids in the audience, and normally at movies, kids are active, you know, they're having to get up to go to the bathroom, and, um, you know, are not not exactly fixated on the, the moving picture, but all the kids who were there to watch Marcel the shell with shoes on sat there quietly and watched it for its total running time. okay, good good good, so good. That's and I love
1: those yeah kind of feel good films
0: <laughs> yeah the kids films that are not just fun for kids
1: but actually of a high quality you know like I, I think this film will give me the uh, even of a higher quality possibly but uh-huh. uh, inside out sort of sort of vibes you know just a really
0: good comparison critically, yeah.
1: yeah, critically acclaimed. But for kids, still, you know, yeah, heartwarming,
0: heartwarming. So yeah, exactly.
1: Marcel Deschamps' shoes on, it's a must for me.
0: Yes, uh, get out and watch that. Um, definitely, I I think it, it's definitely on my top ten. Uh, I don't know if it'll make the top five, but it's definitely on top ten. Okay, um, we'll find out. We'll find out. Uh, so my first pick is the whale, and uh, I'm very concerned that it's going to be just sort of limited release until the one of those like it's in you know a couple of theaters until the new year because it's trying to get that oscar consideration but um it's darren darren aronofsky's film it is about a 600 pound man who is trying to reconnect with his uh teenage daughter and uh this is uh the the root of the great brendan fraser renaissance we are undertaking right now he plays that the um I guess the titular whale um, in the in the film, and uh, yeah, it's getting a lot of praise. This is something that Darren Aron- Darren Aronofsky, uh, keep tripping my tongue over his last name, does best. These sort of uh, movies centered around one great performance. So uh, I'm thinking particularly of The Wrestler. I'm thinking of uh, Black Swan, even Mother to an extent. Um, I I know a lot of people hate Mother. But uh, I find it a, a fascinating artifact um, of, of the J-Law era. But, um, I, I think I think for anyone who remembers uh, seeing Mickey work in The Wrestler and thinking, wow, Mickey works like an actor, man. He's a capital A actor. And look at him throw himself into this role mm. where he's vulnerable, where he's emotional. Also, that movie is about him trying to reconnect with a daughter um, and uh you know, his, his fundamental character flaws and sort of being unable to um, be, I guess, that human that have that kind of human angle to him. It feels like the whale is going in a similar direction. And, of course, it's just it's been so nice to see uh, Brendan Fraser get a lot of accolades and a lot of hype and uh, a lot of love, frankly. And, and he has been very you appreciative of it. that. Deserve, deserve it, yes.
1: It. I've been loving it too. Just seeing, I, I, I seeing a tear brought to his eye through it, brought a tear to my eye. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. It's like a tear for a tear sort of thing. Everyone was bawling in my apartment. It was just, it was beautiful, <laughs> just like Fraser. My, my concern, my concern is the film's going to suck. Yeah, I think, I think he absolutely will be without a doubt remarkable. I'm worried the film overall, and it's maybe, uh, it, it not being great will take away from uh brendan frazier i hope that's not the case but that is i i I pinch a pinch of me's worried
0: pinch of me that is yes that's a concern of mine as well that he can um, get a very
1: there could be a lot of division or or a mixed reception for him
0: you know well there's been some
1: not Frazier. yeah yeah,
0: right there has been some um um i guess some concern already because of the depiction of people who are overweight, uh, Fraser wore makeup and a large bodysuit um, to play the part. Although f- from the way he's talking about sort of the preparation, he, he, he put in a lot of care, effort and energy. I'm not sure where you would find a 600 pound person. Who's also a really great actor. I, I mean, I think representation yeah, I don't <laughs> think people being upset about that is a little, that's,
1: that's the kind of thing. If he was handicapped, uh, you know, on, or, disabled uh on a wheelchair or something that would be mm. different there's such right, a right. high amount of actors who right. are like that but no i can't even think of any 600 pounds plus actors some comedians but yeah no
0: right representation no, so I,
1: I think that's a little silly it don't uh, yeah i only goes so for reception
0: and, and i think just because of the the reception uh fraser's gotten that i, I think there's there's probably a lot of built-in uh sense of uh sensitivity to the role and uh i mean wait for the film it'll be interesting to see the film i hope we we get a chance to see it um in some capacity before the end of the year um but uh yeah i'm i'm kind of excited about it so the whale uh peter why don't you take us to your number two
1: okay so i was going to include the whale too but i've cut it okay um so i'm not a huge even though i think she's remarkable i am not a huge whitney houston fan Mm -hmm. but i am very excited for i think it's december 2022 i want to dance with somebody uh the first major biopic of whitney houston since her death and Mm -hmm. i just i'm a biopic guy uh there's been a really great run about them and unlike michael jackson or even bowie where numerous were pumped out right after uh there's just been a lot of wait for this and a lot of work put into it so that mm-hmm. gives me uh some hope i have some hope for i want to dance with somebody uh man. i'm also a t- i'm a tucci man mm-hmm. tucci, tucci again tucci again um and he's the main guy in it so you know sign me up please um yeah he's amazing stanley tucci
0: and, so outstanding and- Stanley Tucci plays uh, Clyde, the record producer. So there's gonna be yeah. some drama. What's his name? What's his yeah. name? Clyde something. My,
1: my, oh, Clive Davis. My Claude Davis. Main, that's right. My main concern
0: mm-hmm.
1: is, and it would be similar to Blonde, is that the focus won't be on how great she was at dancing
0: Mm. and her music. Mm -hmm.
1: Rather, it will be on her addictions and all the disasters. Uh, One of the reasons I'm worried too is highest up on the list would be Ashton Sanders and uh, Tamara Tooney as Bobby Brown and Mm. Sissy Houston. Mm -hmm. So I know that he, the bad man and her uh, mother uh, also not so great in a lot of ways will be a heavy part of it. Um, I hope, that does not overpass her um, just how amazing she is at singing and her life and as a whole.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So I'm, I'm hoping for more, uh, I guess Elvis as opposed to blonde. Uh, I'd like that. Except <laughs> more uh, Elvis. Somewhat, blonde, yeah. yeah. <laughs> except Stanley Tucci better doing better than Tom Hanks that, that too. So that's what I'm hoping. And uh, I also, I haven't really seen uh Naomi a- a- Aki who plays her much, uh, but she seems to be a, regular on a lot of uh great works uh, and director she was uh spike lee regular uh, helping him out with some early work so i'm excited for that as well just to see uh her first kind of main big production and i hope it you know does well and maybe one, we'll see more from her
0: it's one of those things where i don't think you want someone famous to sort of to, to play um
1: take away the focus yeah
0: right so I think those are all, uh, legitimate concerns. Um, although it is, this is Casey lemons who doesn't directed by Casey lemons, who doesn't make, uh, doesn't make movies too often. I'm, I'm just looking at the, 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 Yeah, she was here. more of
1: an advertisement person back in the day, but Hey, like she could be a newcomer. You know what I mean?
0: Clive Davis is a producer. So my feeling is he probably doesn't want to go the blonde torture porn route, um, for, one of his like biggest oh you're right stars. he's
1: still kicking yeah and he produced it good yeah. good good
0: and I, I think you're right about the timing of this like whitney houston died in 2012 and first of all like where does the time go and second of all um yeah there was not kind of like a whitney houston machine cranking stuff out posthumously so i i hope that that's an indication of like sort of the the care and attention that uh, the filmmakers have given us also a really great cast because you also have Clark Peters, who's always great. Um, And you you mentioned CC Houston is being played by Tamara Tooney, who people may uh, recognize the most as being the medical examiner from law and order SVU.
1: Yes. Um, Yeah. I thought she looked familiar.
0: (laughs) Um, If you've ever watched one of the 300,000 hours of law and order SVU. Um, But yeah, it's, um, my, my I, I have i have high hopes i'm not a- yeah sony can be eh. mm. it's mm. it's mm. by sony and i hope it's not
1: you know of a uh uncharted kind of quality maybe mm. more i guess peter rabbit was, was like it was okay spider <laughs> spider verse that kind of thing but you know i guess i'm hoping uh sony doesn't like have too much control over it they're just honestly just kind of sprinkling in some money
0: yeah. Um. It this it could be interesting. I hope it doesn't get buried with uh, all the other stuff going on, uh, at the end of the year. Um. So my second pick, which I also hope doesn't get buried because it might, um, is White Noise. It's the new Noah Baumbach, and it's Noah Baumbach, I guess, doing the apocalypse a bit. Mm-hmm. Um. So it's based on a novel by Don DeLillo. It was uh, released in nineteen eighty five. Um, and it's about a professor and his, I think it's his third or his fourth wife. And they have a big family, but, uh, what the professor and his wife have in common is that they're both afraid of death, like, uh, as a, a kind of a clinical matter. <laughs> um, and so into this situation, um, there's this, uh, chemical spill in their small town, um, so I, I imagine, and it's hard to gleam anything from the one trailer that was released. I'm getting a lot of this from the, from the, uh, this, the, the web, uh, about the book. Um, the, the, the trailer is like a minute long, so it tells me practically nothing, but, um, I imagine there's going to be a lot of, uh, pandemic, um, pandemic imagery, a lot of, uh, feeding off that, real-life disaster into this uh, fictional disaster. Um, another thing that's interesting is that uh, the professor, and it's in the film, he's played by uh, Adam Driver, who, um, if if you're trying to up the uh, indie, kooky uh, cred of your film, you definitely get Adam Driver to lead it. Uh, he is a professor of, and I'm not making this up, Hitler Studies. Okay. Uh which is apparently I was not aware
1: of that my uh, interest in the film has risen quite exceptionally
0: (laughs) so it's it's interesting to be an expert in the area of uh, Hitler studies uh, given what's going on right now Uh, but uh, yeah so this is coming from uh, as I said, Noah Baumbach, who uh, never does anything in a straight line, uh, Greta Gerwig is a co-star. Don Cheadle is there, and Andre Benjamin, uh, who people may know from Outcast, is also in the film. Uh, so it's an interesting cast. Oh, three thousand! My goodness, yeah. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I'm gonna get on this film. <laughs> um, the good news is it will be coming to Netflix before the end of the year uh, the bad news is if we want to maybe see it before the year end show hopefully it will be a theatrical run at some point um, uh, that's always iffy in the case of Netflix stuff but uh, yeah it looks interesting it sounds interesting uh, Adam Driver who has sort of become a reliable bomb player uh, as well Um so it's uh it could be interesting or it could be uh the the jarmish dead don't die um entry for bomb back where maybe he goes a little too into genre for comfort so we'll have to wait and see that's uh once again that's white noise yeah white noise is uh, i keep forgetting about it but it's one i want to catch too mm-hmm. it's uh
1: it's. Seems interesting. I don't know how you feel about the uh, design of his face. It maybe looks a little uh, <laughs> fake, Adam Drivers, but you know maybe I'll I'll get past that.
0: Isn't that his face though? Is it? Is it just his face? Oh, okay. <laughs> it's like, hey, hey, well, but he's like, he like he's like, go change your face. 50, he looks like he's like fifty in it though, right? <laughs> um, I don't know how old Adam Driver is in real life. He might. I mean, I don't think he's a spring chicken, but. <sighs> um anyway start your number three and i'm gonna look up how old adam driver is he's 39 so oh yeah, is he? he looks older in it all right so i don't know
1: really anything about this film but mm-hmm. i've been excited about it for years uh even just its name it's a cool name uh the upcoming epic period comedy drama by damien chazelle mm-hmm. babylon mm-hmm. i am hype for babylon <laughs> uh damien chazzle whiplash right la la land mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh well actually i was about to say remarkable i did not like la la land but whiplash mm-hmm. was uh <laughs> remarkable and uh it's good I'm just, it's so good yeah it's so good so i'm excited to see this one because uh, like i said la la land great film eh, well actually no i i take that back i just <laughs> i didn't think it was great i didn't love it first man great film not my scene but this one it's plot which I'm not aware of. Uh, mm-hmm. Looks great, and that's because mm-hmm. I'm not aware of it. So I don't want to bomb myself out. And know more about it. Ninety nine percent of my reason too is uh, Tobey Maguire. I think uh, he's bringing him into the game, and uh, it's just good to see him doing something other than Spider Man. He's remarkable as Spider Man, but I, I want to see him. You know, uh, I want to see a a sea biscuit, Tobey Maguire. You I want, want Toby Maguire? Come I back. want that Tobey Maguire. I want yeah, yeah, pleasant, pleasant i want that i want that guy you know what i mean (laughs) uh and just like i literally i i I take a glance at the casting for this one and i'm just like oh yeah what what's like jeff garland is gonna be in it spike jones is in it olivia Wilde. that'll be interesting uh max (laughs) miguela who i love he's great and uh hands tale uh and you know margot robbie is a, a main co-star and it will be great it's uh i haven't seen that since i'd say once upon a time in uh, mm-hmm. hollywood i haven't seen you know any of the the dc works or anything mm-hmm. um so i'm excited for that and then again uh Maguire mcguire and his name's high up in the list so i'm hoping to see i'm hoping to see him a good amount mm-hmm. uh, i am curious though looking through it if uh maybe jeff garland will be cut it pento how big he was in it, you know?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, uh, it's also just been in development for about, I think I I've been aware of this film for years, so it'll be nice to see, uh, it actually getting concluded and hopefully will be of a uh, high quality.
0: Hmm. It's what's interesting is that Samara weaving is also in it and, uh, it'll be interesting to see her and Marco Robbie side by side. Yes. Yes.
1: <laughs> also, I finally read the plot and I still don't understand what the film will be about. And I like that. That's what it's, I like.
0: I've seen the trailer and I don't know what it's. About. <laughs> it's. It, I mean, it, it looks maybe like uh, more of
1: an art film than his ones prior. It'll be kind of a Tree of Life style. Just I don't know how the... you make
0: an art film for seventy eight million dollars, but I guess we'll find out. Yeah, he's um... gonna show us.
1: He's gonna show us how. <laughs>
0: But I mean, it looks lush. It looks it looks so like it it does look like a seventy eight million dollar film just in yeah from exactly. the trailer. Um,
1: and I'm hoping so, like Dune or something it pays off. It's it's both a huge blockbuster and just objectively uh, great.
0: Yeah, I I I have hopes, um, not many, but uh, th- that Babylon will. Uh, Emerges something i guess we'll have to see um my number three is something entirely different um it is uh called bones and all it is from luca guad uh Guadgino, who uh made the suspiria remake he also did call me by your name um and and uh what was the other one a better a bigger splash um so he's uh done a lot of these kind of like euro uh trip kind of movies uh, slices of of uh, decadent living in europe um <laughs> this is something uh quite different uh it's, it's about a pair of cannibals who um are fleeing across america um, it looks pretty grindy, grimy, grindhousey, if if that's a word. Uh, if you watch the trailer, it's uh, Timothy Chalamet and Taylor Russell as the lovers. Um, in in the course of their travels, they encounter uh, Mark Rylance and uh, Michael Stolberg, who was of course in Call Me by Your Name as well. Um, Andre Holland and Chloe Sevigny play uh, Taylor Russell's parents in the film um but you know when you watch the trailer it's you know it's it's not made explicitly clear if they're like mutants or something but they, they have some there there are these people who have like a, a need to feed on human flesh as a matter of like maintaining their own health it, it it's it's a bit like vampirism but with um the whole enchilada of cannibalism they have to eat people in order to to survive and um they encounter other people like them through the course of the the journey. Uh I'm curious how gross this can get. Um we are living in a a real a real moment of of cannibal as social commentary movies, whether you're talking about raw or fresh or even something like the Neon Demon. Um which we're kind of all gross and that raw especially is super gross. Um, but, you know, is, is it going to go that far? Um, the, the romance element to it is interesting. This kind of like grimy rust belt uh, kind of end of days feel is, is interesting too. Timothy Chalamet, of course, is a, as an actor doesn't, uh, I think land on, on roles lightly. So uh what, what kind of what what is he doing here uh great cast as I said and uh Guadagino, great filmmaker uh has I don't think he's made anything like really bad yet so um this could it, be it this could, <laughs> I don't know what, what I don't know what it is but
1: it could be his first real horrendous work but uh I'm hoping <laughs> not. <laughs> i'm hoping not i love that Chalamet, so I'm, I'm hoping not too
0: yeah yeah he's a good kid he's a good kid um <laughs> all right uh you want to mention some of your, your uh, honorable you did, mentions? You did uh, the ones okay. that
1: i was going to include like the whale
0: uh okay boom yeah you okay. pumped that out okay cool and uh did you, that was it uh
1: that and the um yeah that was that was it
0: okay fair enough
1: um i have oh, and uh, pinocchio but uh, it already came out so okay. but uh, i do think uh uh de Toros, pinocchio uh which saved the day from what robert zemeckis's or whatever is junk <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm excited for that as well absolutely. okay
0: yeah that's stop motion if i remember correctly yeah which i love it's my jam yeah, it's been a really good year for stop motion with Marcel and uh, the Mad God, and I, th- I think there's another one I'm forgetting, but
1: yeah, I'm curious what the percentage will be of my list. Like how much of my list is uh, stop motion. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, for my honorable mentions, I have uh, Glass Onion, which is the new Knives Out Mystery. Um, that is getting an actual theatrical release for one week only. Um, starting today as you're listening to the show, it, it opens tonight. Um, the Fablemans, which also opens tonight, which is a new Spielberg movie, um, I'm just interested in seeing that. And then uh, this is kind of a point of—I don't expect it to be on the top list, top five list, but it's just a point of interest for me. Avatar: The Way of Water uh, can Cameron uh, print that money? Uh, I guess we'll we'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that one money. too. That one too. <laughs> because I I will admit that uh, I found the trailer. Uh, seeing the trailer on the big screen was really captivating. I, didn't, yeah, uh, same here. It, it yeah. definitely pulled more
1: into the uh, interest towards it. Mm-hmm. Brought me back to the Avatar vibes I was feeling in oh nine ten.
0: Hmm. Hmm. All right. Speaking of old fashioned vibes, we are going to get into our movie of the week, which is a Christmas story. Christmas. And we're going to review that after the break. You are listening to End Credits here on CFRU 93.3 FM, CFRU.ca, Guelph Campus, and Community Radio. Revenge is a dish best served cold. This was a frozen dinner. There's no way I'm gonna kill myself this this. Crazy. Hey, Schwartz, I triple dog dare ya. Oh, if Schwartz backed down now, he could never show his face in Flick's Tavern, or perhaps even in Homan, ever again. Oof. Oh, I got him now. I got him. Okay, so that was a clip from A Christmas Story Christmas. It's the new film from Clay Cadis, and it stars Peter Billingsley, Aaron Hayes, Julie Haggerty, Ian Petrella, Scott Schwartz, R.D. Robb, and Zach Ward. And Zach Ward has played kind of a, a weird kid or a bully in so many things that I thought, there's no way he was... One of the kids in the original Christmas story, because they actually went to the trouble. Scott schwartz Artie, uh, Rob, were also in the original Christmas story with Peter Billingsley, and I thought Zach Ward was he in that? And he was. He was oh, the bully. Yeah, absolutely. He was. He was the bully in a Christmas story. Um. So kudos to them getting the gang back together although uh melinda For the Dillon, most part yeah melinda dylan who is still alive but she retired from acting about 20 years ago um so the the mom who's played by julie Haggerty is a different uh a different actress from the the, the mom in the original movie uh of course sadly Uh, Darren McGavin is no longer with us, so he could not reprise his role as the dad. And, of course, the whole movie is sort of centered around... In a very uh, well-done way, yeah. Yeah, it's centered around the the dad, not uh, the first Christmas without the dad. Uh, So, Peter, why don't you uh, tell us about uh, your Christmas story, Christmas experience, and, uh, yeah, what you think about. So, even though...
1: I am like, I love Christmas. It's my go-to happy holidays. Uh, I actually have never been like a huge fan of the original Christmas story. Mm -hmm. Uh, It didn't really, it wasn't something I really viewed until uh, my wife. It's like her favorite. So I, Mm. I, it is a a religious viewing of mine now and my feelings (laughs) for it are are different, but uh, yeah, I wasn't, I didn't love it and I wasn't expecting too much from a Christmas story Christmas, Uh, but it's, it's really great uh, especially if you love the first one this is a must watch i would say i would say it's a near uh, perfect sequel regarding what can be done for a christmas comedy classic do you know what mm-hmm. i mean i'm not saying it's like two towers or whatever <laughs> or but it's it's a really good comedy sequel that if you like the first it, it's a must i would i would say it is it's really well done uh it's not just a repeat of the first uh, when there is references to the first, it's done in a uh, very well done way, naturally brought in not just some nostalgia being you know shoved into your face. Uh, and the new characters or the characters that got more of a heavy focus in this such as his buds at the bar, uh, again, really really well done. Um, and I absolutely my favorite is how Peter Billingsley, his character still holds, Ralphie still holds that true Christmas passion, and he's always he's always in his head. I it made me feel better because I'm an adult now. I'm like in my imagination and such in my head even more than I was a kid, and he made me feel less guilty about that. So thank you, Billingsley, <laughs> appreciate that. Um, and uh, Ralphie too. I think uh, Billingsley. It's you know we got the the Joel Osmond and stuff. It can be difficult to repeat a role or to just act in general when you're an adult depending on how your face has changed right he looks Mm -hmm. great I think I'm not saying that should be the case I'm not saying we should judge but we do and we don't judge the this individual Ralphie because he looks great he's great as an adult a perfect perfect Ralphie still looking Ralphie um, and even though I missed the original mom, I thought Aaron Hayes was, or sorry, uh, Julia Hagerty was remarkable, and uh, I thought Aaron Hayes was perfect fit for his wife. Um, she's mm. just you know a kind of common, kind of, like, I don't know, just basic <laughs> kind of wife, but she has enough enough depth of her and like a bit of humor that uh, it worked for her. it worked for this film. Uh, as someone who like I love her in Children's Hospital, but mm. she's so horrendous in parenthood the show that i i had trouble getting past that but she's lovable enough in the film that even if her character and parenthood has ruined her for you you'll still be able to enjoy the film
0: <laughs> okay uh i am not as bullish on as you on a christmas story christmas but i will say it's better than i thought it was going to be And and i've come from the same that's place that's good enough
1: from you that's good enough for me <laughs> because i know you're not a fan of the
0: first so that's it's no, good. I'm not I'm not a fan of the first either. It's kind of like the one Christmas movie that is like I like A Christmas Carol, I like It's a Wonderful Life, I like uh you know, Home Alone and but you know, it's kind of like the one uh that doesn't get rotation from me, although my sister's like it. So I I usually end up watching it uh, at some point, but it, I what what I appreciate is um and it's it, it does capture that sense like this is a movie it feels like you could watch as a family like it doesn't feel um, oh yeah you better <laughs> it doesn't for that. it doesn't feel compelled to be edgy it's like we don't have to edge this up and um you know have innuendo and, and things like that not that that's necessarily bad of course but it just it feels like a natural continuation i i, I do wonder how much of that um, Billingsley brought to the table because he also he's not only a starry, I believe he's also a producer, and he gets a, a, a some kind of screenwriting credit. Well, and Besties with uh, Vince Vaughn and
1: Favreau, right? So it might always have some uh, right. inner workings. You
0: know? right? And and you know the director money going too. under the table. <laughs> well, the director too, um, Clay Cadis, also did a Christmas the uh, the Christmas Chronicles,
1: which I, wish I his, don't um, hate.
0: I didn't despise it, so. Um,
1: it wasn't a great film, but it was. When it comes to Christmas, there's worse.
0: No, I don't despise it either. Although, um, when you watch Christmas Chronicles two, you realize just how, um, how like his finger on the tone Cadis had. Um, because as soon as it goes to Columbus, it feels like it goes completely off the rails, and <laughs> like he it com- goes Columbus. <laughs> yeah, he completely misreads the tone. But Christmas Chronicles one with rock and roll Santa. Um, played by kurt russell it's it accomplishes what it sets out to do
1: exactly the director he has also done a lot of uh like current uh peanuts christmas specials snoopy right. all of that jazz so he knows uh what the kids are wanting and uh, <laughs> yeah. i think he's wise <laughs> regarding what the kids parents also want to view
0: yeah I, as
1: he displayed with <laughs> a christmas story right a christmas story christmas
0: a christmas story christmas um i am kind of amazed by um <clears throat> uh sorry i'm looking for where exactly they shot it here it was shot in Hungary and bulgaria
1: <laughs> not exactly <Really>? like- <laughs> i don't know how i feel about that it's, i hope i
0: hope they got like a good amount of pay in those areas but... <gasps> excuse me well it's just like they so lovingly recrafted, recreated the neighborhood, and yeah, I think it's well it, done. It looks, it looks the same. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, was it that, like, was it that cost prohibitive to go back? Because the house is still there. The Christmas Story house is still there, and in fact, I think it just went back on the market. Um, so it exists. They could go to that house and then, you know, film the rest on a soundstage or whatever. But. Like was it really more? It was it really more cost prohibitive to go to the neighborhood, the real life neighborhood, and make it look like the nineteen seventies than it was to go to Bulgaria and rebuild the neighborhood from scratch?
1: <laughs> yeah, well, and like Bulgaria and Hungary also, they deal with like there's a lot of uh, issues. Those lands could be maybe used for something more than a uh, filming. I always find it strange when the filming location is. And in a country like that, that I don't think would be really be benefiting from it. But uh, aside from that, you know, <laughs> ignoring that, the film, it definitely looks like it's set where it's set in the plot. I think Cleveland or wherever it, it looks at. It. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, one thing that really impressed me is the neighborhood has very good vibes. It was a very fun one. The mm-hmm. uh, one prior had great neighbor it had all those fun antics and this one it did too i really liked the evil neighbors you know on their zamboni kind of going (laughs) around Uh, but in particular and it's like a suburban area not the south they're like best friend little dude neighbor is like a a hillbilly like a really proud (laughs) hillbilly and he was funny. he was like it was genuinely funny you know that kind of comedy can be a bit out of place or over the top but it, it was funny it was just a an interesting friend that they had and I enjoyed right. his finale. He got the zambonis at the end. No spoilers, but he <laughs> he, the little hillbilly gets the zamboni, <laughs> the bumpuses or the jet ski, whatever the
0: heck they are, the snowmobile. Yeah, the snowmobile. That place, yeah. La Cucaracha for some reason, you know, well well known winter tune, La Cucaracha. Um,
1: but yeah, even <laughs> though like that, thirty years later, I think the neighborhood and the setting of a Christmas story, Christmas was was just as good. It still had the same warmth to it.
0: Yeah, you don't want to think about them putting money into Victor Orban's pocket, but that's okay. Um, it, the th- the whole thing with the Bumpuses, like, uh, it's it's it feels like one of these like sort of typical legacy sequel touches where it's like you know the exact same people live next door, they live the exact same way, their backyard is still a junkyard, and it's just, it's it's really hard for me to believe that uh, the Bumpuses made it through the '50s without like some like neighborhood group you know, forcing them out or making them clean up their crap. But, um, it, it's, it's, it's such a, it's such a small little town <laughs> it's a, though. Yeah,
1: like I, that yeah. might be the case. It wouldn't surprise me.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, it's a little bizarre, but yeah, but I know
1: what you mean. I can't imagine it staying like that in Guelph or something. Although, right. Honestly, there's like areas of the ward that look pretty much the way they did like 30 years ago. Including- well, there are,
0: there are literal junkyards yards in the ward. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah it's it, i i did like i i did like a lot of things about the movie um i like the whole thing with the neighborhood bar where somebody calls looking for their spouse and
1: uh <laughs> well and as you mentioned zach ward his brief little cameo in it was it was awesome it, it was it was really great i would say it was my favorite part uh of the film
0: yeah there's so it's, it's if you're good. if you're it's just good. going for old zach ward uh it's
1: worth it even though he's just in a couple
0: scenes (gasps) and you have to sit through so much of them film before you get to zach ward um (laughs) yeah yeah he's last quarter (laughs) yeah i i did like i did like that as well i i liked um like i said i like that bit at the bar where you know the the spouse calls for the husband and they make a show about him not being at the bar um it reminded me of good old days of crank calling Moe's uh on the simpsons yeah exactly <laughs> uh th- <Adult> th- christmas <laughs> uh, one of the things i i think the go- one of the scenes i think kind of feels a bit out of touch is the the sledding scene where they go to the the that ramp um the highly dangerous ramp so uh or the the one kid or the one old kid, one of Ralphie's old friends gets double uh, triple dog dare to to go down this ramp and uh, I thought in, that uh... was
1: okay. I thought the uh, right after that, like a bunch of people like steal sleds and just kind of ride around. I didn't I didn't think that was necessary. No, that was I didn't that... know who those characters were. I just I didn't. That was ripped from Home Alone. Yeah,
0: it, yeah, it, um... <laughs> yeah. You're totally right. It was. Yeah,
1: that <laughs> but, was whatever. Yeah. This I thought the slide
0: part was okay. But, uh uh I'm I was literally surprised watching that scene that no one too got th- got hit in the crotch. I was it a little too physical for you. It wasn't. Well, it's not that, it, not that it's not physical comedy, but it was just it, it's it's completely over goofy the top. and silly and over the top. And like I said, I was literally waiting for someone to go, "Ah, my groin" or something um after getting hit in the nards, but uh fortunately, Clay Cates had that amount of self-restraint. Uh, um <laughs> or it was cut out. It might have been cut out. (laughs) It might. You're right. It might have been cut out. Um, A lot of hope there. (laughs) They cut. They left it in so the MPA could uh, tell them to cut it out. (laughs) No, I don't know. Um, But I mean, so there's that bit uh, that goes a little bit too far. Uh, Also, it occurred to me, kids uh, might love that though. uh, maybe. Maybe that. Yeah but if kids do love that maybe that itself
1: is because of the usage of it in films and that's the problem too right so Mm, mm
0: -hmm. the other thing that kind of took me out of the film was uh every almost everybody in the family goes to the emergency room at some point and it's a small town and nobody was like you know hey ralphie we're a little concerned that all your family oh financial
1: i hadn't even (laughs) processed that
0: not, not, not just that but just you know the the this may be like modern the modern point of view, but you know, if you know, a whole family ends up it, going to the hospital for a couple of days, um, and no, nobody kind of wants to call social services, bit weird, yeah,
1: but they could have made the uh, <laughs> they could have made the family injuries a pinch less, uh, ruthless, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so like they got injured but didn't have to go to a hospital.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's uh so I mean that's those I mean these are kind of like nitpicks. Like I I I wasn't expecting as I said I wasn't expecting much from this. Um I think there's kind of like a general feeling at least from from a modern perspective like what was the last like new Christmas movie that you watched and I was thinking about this like like not necessarily like of the Hallmark oeuvre, um, but you know, going to a theater or or something and then you know, watching a Christmas movie. And I was trying to think of like, what was the last one I did? And the thing I keep coming back to is probably last Christmas, which is the uh romantic comedy based loosely on the music of George Michael. um starring yeah Amelia I th- Clark. Um, I think for me it would be the Harold
1: and Kumar Christmas one. Oh so wow. That- that too a long time ago I, I just watched so many classics at home you know or the uh the ones that like netflix has now or you know maybe even
0: hallmark if you know i'm feeling it it just, uh, yeah, it, it yeah, just it's been years been years it just feels like it's been so overtaken by uh, like the hallmark and lifetime things and turned into like just these shaken candace is gonna hate me these shake and bake romantic comedies <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah no they're not not of a high
1: quality and i do think it's it's been damaging towards the uh need uh because it's because we don't need to have christmas films in the theaters just for them to make money you know but it, it is too
0: bad it is yeah. too bad well i mean do christmas movies make like every cr- almost every christmas movie that is like we consider a classic wasn't a hit like the, the exceptions are like christmas vacation it, that's true as well and... so maybe theaters have just kind of accepted that now but uh, yeah, there is some warmth about that, some uh, festive feeling that I miss. But I think uh, I think even the original Christmas Story wasn't a hit. It did okay. Oh, it but, was a sleeper. It was a sleeper yeah. for sure. I was reading about that earlier. Yeah. So it's it's interesting that um, I don't think making a good Christmas movie is as easy as people think it is, or or even like making one that lasts. And I guess we'll we'll find out if a Christmas Story Christmas like it stands the test of time because I think it, I think it will, at least when it comes to its uh, connection with the first, honestly, I will have trouble from now on just watching
1: the first hmm. and not, not viewing this after as a continuation. Cause it, it
0: is a very solid one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, it's this, the, the original Christmas story is like about 90 minutes. This new one is about 90 minutes. So, I mean, it's a good double Perfect. bill. Yeah. So it, you could, you could watch them side by side, and and it's like a make it like a Christmas Eve night. We're going to watch Christmas Story, and then we we'll watch a Christmas Story Christmas again. Yeah, exactly, they, exactly. They think they missed the, the boat calling it a Christmas Story story, but that's uh, I don't make those calls. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's I I was surprised how uh, how drawn in I was by it. Um, Peter Billingsley he manages to hold it down. I think it helps that he's sort of. He, he he has a very I mean it's it's it, it just it, takes it's luck a- right well no I was gonna say it's like it's not a, a foregone conclusion that someone will hate will be able to hang on to their youthfulness as they grow older um uh there was a a thing I saw on Facebook the other day or it was like a side by side of the mighty ducks kids like how they were in like 92 and then how they mm-hmm. are today and you know you wouldn't have in very few cases, when you put two and two together, like that—that awkward-looking kid grew up into this handsome devil. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I will say, Peter Billingsley, old Peter Billingsley, does look like he sprang from young Peter Billingsley. Uh, he has managed to hold on to uh, a certain youthfulness that um, that works. And uh, again, I mean, that's but still like a good out of his control. Yeah, and and it's not, yeah, it's not like Will Ferrell and Elf or anything like that. He's just got. <laughs>
1: He's like his dad. He's like his dad. He's just got a true passion and love for Christmas and understands that family is like a huge, if not the main part of it.
0: I mean, that's what I like about this is that this isn't like Ralphie, the conquering hero. This is Ralphie, like typical, like middle-class dad who's, you know, struggling. He's the whole plot is he's like taking it this year off to try his hand at a writer. And he's kind of like on his last few rejection letters. And um, so it's, it's an added level of stress that he's getting close to the end of this time. He's allotted to make himself a success at this dream he has, but then he has to take on this added responsibility of taking his father's place as the, um, the Christmas marshal, I guess you could call him. And, and, you know, it from, from the whole thing about the, the gifts are stolen. And so, you know, how do they make Christmas happen? Um, with, um, with you know on a, on a very limited budget to like the fact that their car is a junker <laughs> you know there's the whole yeah. thing with the you have to crack an egg every couple of miles to keep the thing going um uh, which is a great little sort of uh i guess home you know uh, what do you call it the life hack uh mm-hmm. you know to crack an egg and the radiator to keep the car going another couple of miles it you know there's just little touches like that that Uh, Make it feel authentic in a way, and what I appreciate, and this is this this is something I always note in period movies: do they bang you? Especially if it's like modern era, like sixties, seventies, and eighties, do they bang you over the head to remind you every second with every every piece of set design and every musical cue that this takes place in nineteen seventy three? And this doesn't, which I appreciate it a lot. Oh yeah,
1: absolutely. (laughs) I honestly. uh... Forgot like other than if you actually look closely at the architecture and what uh, utilities they have in their house. Like, I didn't, yeah, I the, wasn't, you know, I didn't, I would forget sometimes it's the 70s, you know, the ugly it's, colors, it's, <laughs> it's time didn't really matter to me. I was just focusing on the family there, you know, yeah, it could have yeah. been said every year what was going on. And I do want to shout out the kids um oh well especially for their age Uh, i think the son in particular he was a really good uh yeah river
0: river drosh and uh, juliana lane play ralphie's son and daughter mark and julie i i i like them a lot um yeah she had some funny lines too yeah they weren't terribly obnoxious yeah they weren't obnoxious um they, they get a lot of good scenes too. The, the the scene where they're waiting in line for santa claus i mean how long was that line where that kid ate like a whole massive lollipop and waiting to get to santa claus? that's that was a bit uh <laughs> that was too long, long.
1: <laughs> that's yeah yeah
0: <laughs> but, I, I do but love... maybe
1: maybe some parents can relate to that maybe those those lines even when it's not too long feels like an eternity
0: well, I think I think what the solution is, they should bring back lounges in stores, uh, so you can like go to the bar and have a couple of martinis while the kids are in line to see Santa. I, I, guess. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about that. I mean,
1: you know, promotion you go... of more parent drinking. Uh, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. As long,
0: as long as there's one parent there or an older child, sixteen or over, who uh, is, you know is a is a designated driver, I don't see the problem. Okay. Um, okay. But I, I do like, <laughs> I do like the the scene with um, where the the daughter sees Santa and she, she kind of grills him about uh, his Santa facts and and he passes. Oh well, yeah, and he, he, passes, passes, he passes. Yeah, and it's it's a it's a cute little lampshade on what you might expect, which is the scene from the Christmas Story where Santa's like all gruff and kind of an a hole, and then throws yeah. you down the slide. Although there is still the slide there, um, it's it's much less. Uh, much less foreboding in this one which (laughs) i appreciated, (laughs) and uh yeah it's uh it's it's funner it's more fun than than it should have been because just the crass commercialism like hey we're gonna make a christmas story sequel 40 years later just was kind of like when i heard i when you suggested this i was like oh yeah they did make a christmas story (laughs) sequel 40 years later um you just totally forgotten it. it <laughs> it's, just, it's just like the crass commercial of like when they announced, I think it was announced when they launched HBO max, like we're going to do this and we're going to bring back gossip girl. And we're going to bring back a Christmas story. It's like, okay, those seem all kind of stupid decisions,
1: but well, I um, didn't get dumped after the huge uh, HBO yes. Go issue, right? Where everything yes. got canceled after I think discovery plus took it over. Yes, that's true. Yeah. This
0: could have easily ended up in the bin. And I think that would have been a shame because that yeah, it, like it, it is, is what happened. Yeah. And Batgirl and, um, yeah, right. It, it would, it, it would have been a shame because like, like we've been saying, this is, this is more fun than it should be. Exactly. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, neither of us loved the first and this one was still, it was enjoyable. So if you yeah, like the it's, first it's... 100%, you better watch it.
0: Yeah. And I think that's, that's it. And, um, it's not that I don't recognize that the first movie is good. It's just, it's not in like my rotation. It's just, it's, it, for me it's just that the foot lamp had been
1: uh overly memed and, and hyped before i had viewed it. it was just one of those scenarios.
0: Yeah, where it's, it's hard to
1: enjoy it when it's already been uh overly displayed on uh you know your facebook or wherever.
0: That's, that's fair. And, and I, I i think too it's you know you you only have so much sort of room in your heart for like a set of christmas movies. It's hard to invite something in and that may also get into sort of the difficulty it's making christmas movies now it's just you know there's you you have like two or three that you always watch and maybe you have two or three more that you know maybe you watch if you have some extra time and then that and then you sort of leave everything else on the field but uh we'll have to leave the show on the field because uh Mm -hmm. that's that's the end of our show this week we hope you liked it you can listen to it again by finding us on our website and show.com. You can download the show from the Guelph Politicast channel every Friday on Podbean, or through one of your favorite podcast apps at Apple stitcher, Google TuneIn, and Spotify. When you're on Spotify, you can find the playlist for the music that you hear on end credits. Just search for end credits on CFRU on Spotify. And I'll plug again. We will be running our usual Christmas movie music show on December 21st this year. Um, that's still a month away, so uh, we'll have more goodness in the meantime. You can learn about that on our social media on Facebook at End Credits Radio Show and on Twitter at End Credits Radio. And, Peter, where can people find you on the internet?
1: As per usual, Mr. Towrack on good old YouTube and uh, Twitter. The now very interesting Twitter.
0: That's one way of putting it. And uh, we did talk about the Twitter drama last week on my other show, Open Sources Guelph with Scotty Hertz. And you can listen to a new new episode of the show tomorrow at 5 p.m. For news for more news and politics action there in the meantime i'm on twitter and instagram at my own handle adam a donaldson and you can check out my news and politics site at guelphpolitico.ca and you can stay tuned for more great programming here on cfru 93.3 fm cfru.ca guelph campus and community radio in the meantime we shall return next wednesday at 3 p.m for another edition of End Credits, and we will see you then